MotorCityGaming.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. <laughs> GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, co-host Jazzy Fiddle. Hey, what's going on? And producer Deadite Knight. A.K.A. the Doctor of this Jam! Not to be confused with the pro of this Jam, the champ. Yeah, I've seen. See, I'm a doctor because I'm more academic. You've learned everything you can from me, and yeah. you've actually made money by being a professional. Absolutely, doctor, nothing, professional, actual value. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can't do. You teach. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 197 of the Gamezilla Podcast. I got a little special plug here for everybody. Let me just get my get my information ready. This episode is brought to you by a very special event that's going down that I already lost amongst all of my crazy applications. While he looks for the Got crazy it. application, Got it. this but, is an event. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this this episode is brought to you by non-player characters. This is a improv show that's going on right now. You can get in on this show. It started last week. It's going to be going through the month of March. It's at Go Comedy in Ferndale, Michigan. And... There's a reason why we're doing this. We're getting we're we're working with Go Comedy here. We've we've enjoyed some of the nerd out uh, events that we did there. Where we were selling video games, and they finally decided to make a um, make a show that relates to video games. So warriors and mages, thieves and assassins, innkeepers and barmaids. Not everyone could be the main character in the fantasy world of video games. Ever wonder what the background characters do when they're not on screen? They try to make a living. They look for love. And they struggle with their pace, their place in an uncaring and dangerous world. Whether you love the world of fantasy video games or you think they're completely idiotic, spend an evening with the gang at the Bewildered So Inn and Tavern. Just because you're not a main character, it doesn't mean you're not important. Again, this show is called Non-Player Characters. You can go right to our Facebook page uh, and you can see all the details right there or just go to gocomedy.net and you can take a look at all the shows that they're doing at Go Comedy. But I highly suggest this one. This one sounds right up my alley because I've always thought about NPCs, right? That's what we call them, NPCs. And they... Like, you wonder, like, do they just mock us? Like, we're, we're always this badass hero that comes in, like, I'm here to save the day. And then you leave the you leave the bar or tavern, and they're like, they're like, man, that guy's a jackass. He's in here, like, every every hour saving because he's such a pansy, you know, because it's the only place he can save. He's got no gold because he blows it on all of his armor. That dude's a scrub. Like, that's what I want to see. So I'm excited. I'm happy that we get to do a promotion with Go Comedy. They've, they've been super cool with us in the past with these nerd out events and everything else. So, But we also have another reason why we're here. Yeah. You can influence this podcast and get other great perks like early access, game of the month, behind the scenes access, and much more by supporting us on Patreon. 
Visit patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia for details. And I would also like everybody to know that Patreon is getting a facelift and there's some new stuff going down. Look for new Patreon perks starting March 1st. That's right. Jazzy's been hard at work. Yeah. We locked him in, we locked him in the dungeon. Yep. Put all the NPCs with him and said, yeah. if you don't do this, the NPCs are going to beat you. It wasn't the dungeon that was the problem. It was you locked me in the dungeon and then I had to talk to Craig WK. Yeah, that's true. And he kind of knows his way around dungeons no, for some reason. He's also, know. yeah, super creepy guy. So I, I would I would work fast, too, to get out of there. Uh, last note before we get into some team talk is the GameZilla Media Store is almost done. And I know I said it would be done last week. Or was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. It was the 21st. 21st. But I needed a little bit more time because I came up with some cool... Extra ideas. So all I can say is that the store is going to be launching in the next couple days because I spent uh, finalizing a lot of things this weekend, this past weekend, and um, got everything ready. So I'm excited to get that ready on the website. So GameZillaMedia.com, the shop will be live in the next couple days. And uh, the extra week that I took, uh, I think you guys will you'll enjoy it. There's going to be some some extra things there that weren't planned. So, um, but yeah, just want to give you an update on that. I think it's time to get some team talk. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Team talk. Is this song growing on Jazzy a little bit? A little bit. He's, a little he's bit. dancing. A little bit. You used like to it. hate this song. I used to. We're, we're converting them. I know that this song is going to die eventually. So That's right. <laughs> I mean, you can't add credits starting. <laughs> ooh, it's only a couple days. The eShop yeah, officially. Yeah, yeah. I, gotta, ooh, oh, right. I got some Wii games I got to buy. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start again because I liked that I went first last time. I'm going to go first again. Okay. I've been playing Zelda. Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. On the Game Boy Advance. Never heard of Playing this. it on Zelda. my Game Boy Micro. This Dick. is all thanks to uh, Ecto. For uh, He was shopping around for, for either Game Boys or DS Lights and got me kind of pulling all of my gear out. And I was like, well, I'll just test it. I'll just test this device <laughs> out. And uh, you know, I put that game in and sure, shit sucked me right back in. I'm, I start, I deleted my files just so I could start a fresh file and I'm playing through it again because that game... If you have never played that game, it is so unique, and it's uh, it's actually developed by Capcom. It's one of the, it's one of the Zelda games that, that Capcom got their hands on, and it's really good. So I highly recommend it. Um, I've been playing that, playing some Fortnite. I got my new streaming rig set up, so uh, we moved like I ripped the game room apart and kind of like rearranged it. So now I have like my big TV mounted to the wall with my uh, two monitors directly underneath it. I, I kind of really have the setup finally the way that I want. So I went on a five-hour stream over the weekend of Crossing Souls, which is this cool 16-bit, like 1980s ET meets Stranger Things. And you get to play as like these five kids and you're traveling through this adventure of like super, like very much Stranger Things, like government cover up, but something else is going on and you're in the middle of it. Super cool. My favorite thing about it is that the cutscenes are like they're from like like the Thundercats cartoon back in the day. Like they're all like hand drawn eighties art animation. It's I like I wish there was 
more of it because it's quick cutscenes. Mm -hmm. But man, it's so much fun. So I've been playing that on stream. That's only a stream game. So uh, if you didn't catch the first one, the, I'm, I'm not touching the game until I go back live. So it'll only happen on stream. You'll be able to watch the video on demand uh, if you missed the first one. But I'm not going to play it offline. And um, besides that, I did play a little bit of Destiny 2. Still feel pretty shitty about it. Didn't didn't change my views on that. Gave it an, I gave it that second chance. Like mm -hmm. I was like, I'm having fun with it. And I just it's just not there for me. But I do have one sad story that I'm going to admit on air. I'm gonna just get it off my chest. And if my wife listens to this episode, so be it. I don't I don't want to hear this again. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna take my <laughs> headphones. It makes me so sad. I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna plug my ears here. <sighs> Alright, so I had a bad week. Uh, work was a little rough and then I got sick, you know, and, and some other things went down and I just, I kind of like, I, you know, it started to get to me. I don't think I realized it until I was playing some Fortnite and we're playing, I'm playing with Jazzy, um, being and a couple other people and I, uh, I, I come around the corner and there's just a guy there and I just, I, un, I just pump a shotgun right in his head. He doesn't die. And I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. And he just returns the favor, and I'm gone, obliterated. I had a hundred shield and a hundred life. I'm assuming he did. He crit me harder than than I crit him, and I died. And it was just enough where I snapped, and I had my two hundred and fifty dollars cinch game. Again, if cinch is listening to this, I apologize. I'm gonna have to buy a new controller from you. It's two hundred fifty dollars cinch controller and a table right in front of me, and I was holding one grip, and I just slammed it into the ground, into the table, and lo and behold, I'm stronger than I thought. Half the controller exploded. Shit went everywhere. The controller still somehow works for whatever's left of it, but I instantly, like, I hit it. I saw it explode, and I go, "Wow, that." was really stupid like that <laughs> was extremely dumb i haven't done that and i haven't done anything i've like flexed a controller or punched my like leg or whatever like out of frustration but i haven't dan like broken anything man since i was a teenager so i felt stupid um you know i apologize to everyone because that is not uh, not cool and unfortunately i'm out my favorite controller right now so yeah i instantly regretted it when i switched over to my scuff controller and i was like oh god i i don't even want to play fortnite anymore because i can't map the buttons like i can on the cinch controller they're they're pre pre-mapped right so i can't change them and everything's different about that controller and i'm just like man now I'm even now I'm even more sad, and that's what actually was like. Hey, let's go play Destiny because I know the scuff controller works better for that. <laughs> I just was like, so yeah. After that all happened, I I started playing Fortnite on PC because I don't have a controller I like anymore. So I played I played Fortnite last night on PC with uh, Doge Lord. <sighs> but that's what I've been playing lately. Jazzy, what about you? No thing you've been playing is the fool. I know. Oh. I, I was I again. I'm going to buy a new shell. Because I believe I can Frankenstein this controller back together, um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll do uh, in real an, an IRL um, stream of, fixing it, yeah. of trying to fix the Rage controller. That would be cool. Yeah, I felt I, it was dumb, but maybe I owned it though. I owned it here on the podcast. I owned it. Stupid, 
but it was all my fault. Maybe we should do a co-stream, and I should order the parts for the Jono controller, <laughs> and you and I can rebuild go. controllers together on some sort of IRL. Oh, stream. and then you could add it into my IRL stream, and I'll just help you guys with cardboard. In Nintendo yeah. Labo, we could put controllers together made out of cardboard. We're really, we're really getting crafty here. So before we let you get into your games you've been playing, I just saw on Twitch the Beef Hammer came out and said I did that with mini 360 controllers. That would have been the last controller I did this with. <laughs> yeah. I had major rage problems with the Xbox 360, but it all stopped. And I told this story a long time ago on the podcast when I took my Halo limited edition Halo controller, whipped it. Because of Street Fighter 4, I got pissed and I just chucked it against the concrete wall. And the bitch bounced off the wall and came back and hit me in the face and gave me a bloody nose. And I was like, okay, I got I to gotta stop. Because yeah. not only did the controller break and it was it was like my favorite controller. Again, like we're seeing a pattern here, right? Yep. But at the same time, I damaged my, my own face with the controller because it bounced back into me. So, yeah. I feel your pain when it comes to Xbox 360, but I haven't done anything since then. I thought I grew out of it. Guess not. Guess not. I don't really want to get into everything I've been playing, um, so I'm just going to get into a moment of what I did this past weekend that Ooh, I'm like uh, this. super into. First off, couldn't play Disc Jam. Uh, Lauren confiscated the Switch. She's playing Mario Odyssey. I don't yeah. get any time to play it. All right, Lauren. Fair. Sh Shout out, Lauren. I, get, I become more and more a fan of Lauren every single week. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that she's playing Odyssey. While she has the Switch confiscated, I've been playing season three of Fortnite on the PS4. Real quick timeout. Welcome to my life. I ha I barely <laughs> touched my Switch because yeah, right? my, my wife plays Odyssey. I swear to God, I said that. I swear to God, I said that this weekend. I was like, God. That's what you think. Because my <laughs> listen, if you guys ever need to borrow a switch, I bought my wife a switch and she never uses it. Well, so I mean, there like, you go. All right, sounds share good. the wealth, I guess. So I'm playing Fortnite season three on the PlayStation Four. I'm playing early Saturday morning. None of you guys are on, so I can't like you know partner up with you guys. And I enjoy going into the squad mode because solo is just for whatever reason I I just like playing squads. So I do the fill squads. I get three other people that join in. Sometimes they have mics. Sometimes they don't. 98% of the people that do have mics that I could talk to are tiny little kids at this time of day in the weekend. Mm. So I agree. It it's because there's no Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Right. Exactly. So I get squatted up with these three little kids. Oh, no. And are running around. And just listening to them play the game is is enough in itself to appreciate this because they're all like man this one time i got a yellow scar and i was so happy and i'm like man i get a yellow scar like every other game maybe no like you don't <laughs> no you don't he's all big leading he's all big leading 11 year old no but the sad part is that the 11 year olds have more wins than jazz they probably they probably do um but um it's just funny how exciting they get over every little thing that happens in the game. So I'm already like super excited. I'm not really talking to them at this point because they, they don't shut up. So I don't really have a, an opportunity to kind of like interject with, with these kids yet until about halfway through the game when they're like asking each other for heals and potions. And I'm like, hey, I got you guys. And I drop the, the extra potions I have and the bandages. And they're all like, oh, this guy's got a mic. This is so cool. Whatever. So we're playing down. One of the guys on our squad dies off and he disconnects. So now it's me and these two other guys, 
and we're we're making our way. We end up at Loot Lake at the final like the final circles coming down. And I look and there's five people left. Three of them are us. I'm like, oh crap. It's us three against two. We could pull this off and win this thing. This is super cool. I'm having a great game playing with these kids, not only in the fact that it's they're super entertaining, but I also for whatever reason, I've clicked and I've got like seven kills. I'm doing really good. I'm built out right for the end of this game. So I see the two people off in the distance. I call it out to these kids in the chat. And I'm like, hey, here they are or whatever. And these kids just blitz them. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no. no. Right? So I'm building. I'm building to try to get an advantage point on these guys. These kids blitz them. And the other two people just destroy them. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I feel so bad. And they're still in chat, like like cheering me on, right? So the one guy, they do put a bunch of damage into him. I end up being able to pick him off. Well, the next guy is is building. So I'm like, man, I always never build. And Grimlock gives oh, me shit for this yes. all of the time. Fact. So I'm like, hey, every like pro streamer of Fortnite does this. They build higher than the other person. They jump down, they shotgun him. I'm like, I'm going to do this, right? So I build higher than them, jump down, put a shotgun shot into them, and then I fall off of their building, and I'm like, crap. So now I'm underneath of their their structure, and they're still up there on the top. I was like, panicking. I'm like, what do I do now? What do I do now? I, I had a plan. Down. I had a plan. That's what I did. I'm like, let me take this fort down. So sure as shit, I chopped down the one wall. I chopped down the ramp, and here he comes. He starts falling. I pull my shotgun out. Shotgun this guy in the air before he hits the ground. Victor Royale. And I'm like, basically, like, like GG, boys. Like we, like, we won. And at this point was where the moment happened. Because this kid in the chat goes, wait, you won? And I was like, yeah, we won. Like, like great job. Like, we made it to the very end, and I ended up finishing off for us. And he's like, oh, my God, I've never won before. This is my first win. And this kid went off with excitement because that was his first victory royale in Fortnite. And it was just, like, the greatest moment to my Saturday morning, being able to be part of a, a squad with these kids that, like, their first win was with me. Yeah, so uh, before we move on to Deadeye, my, my, I did the same thing. Decided to play some squads because because Jazzy Fiddle was like, I got three wins with some random squads. You know, I was I was doing well. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna play some. You know, he wasn't on. I'm like, I'm gonna play some squads because it must work the same way if I do it. Nay, nay. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work that way, man. This is what I got. First squad. <clears throat> you motherfuckers better drop with me, or I swear to God, I will slit every one of your throats. You're all fucking pussies. That was in the loadout. We weren't even in the game yet. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's not a way to like form a bond with your squad. So it's the I, only way I play. So I mute. <laughs> so I mute him, and we all go in one direction. You know, the rest of us go in another direction. While he goes to, to uh, tilted towers to die instantly, and then before we land, before we land. The rest of my squad was dead. Before they got out of the air, <laughs> they were dead. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Whoa. Round two. I go, you know what? Bad luck. Bad luck. Jazzy got bad luck. That, that happens to everybody. Yep. Round two. Get in there. Shut up! Shut the fuck up! I swear to God, I'm, you know, shut, I'm playing a video game! Shut up! M mute. 
mute. Okay, <laughs> that person's muted. And uh, oh, oh, they're already out of the. They're already out of the bus. Uh, okay, where they? They they're not going anywhere. Oh, they're gone. Disconnect. Okay. All right. There's three of us. Nope. The rest of them left too. Oh, they were all playing together. Great. I'm by myself. Haven't even jumped out of the bus yet. <laughs> it went on for for like three I, more rounds before I finally had a team that was half decent. I didn't know you could queue up in a short bus. Man. All I'm saying is, Jazzy Fiddle, you found some. You got lucky. Yeah, you got, you got <laughs> real lucky. You got to play with those little kids that get man. excited about everything, man. They're, they're yeah. entertainment. Whew. Man. Okay, so yeah, anyways, Deadeye, how you been? Well, you know, my my week was in gaming was a lot less exciting than uh, Youth Mentor Jazzy or Rage Quit Grim. Uh, my week was really low-key and consisted almost 100% of Rocket League. Man, will you tell your story? Should I go get my Cinch controller so we could put it on the table? I, I, I don't have much of a story to tell, but if you'd like to go get it, I can have a conversation with I'll Jazzy. Wait, I'll Actually, wait you want to know what? I'll wait for the News chat. is next, so I'll go get it. It's just in the game room, right? It's in the drawer. It's in the drawer. So it's, it's in it's one hidden. of the drawers. It's, yeah. it's shamefully hidden yeah, like, a, like the, a dog that craps under the bed. A hundred percent, yes, because yeah. my wife doesn't know what I did. Yeah. She's going to beat the hell out of you. <laughs> I and know, man. I know. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> I might have to hop between if it gets, if it gets too abusive. <sighs> um, so... So this week, I, a little unfortunate Jazzy not in the room uh, because one of the things that I, I did, we've had so much fun playing Rocket League on Switch at lunch, I've put a lot of my time into just trying to get a little bit better at the basics because that's where we're at. And no one that we play with is better than basic Rocket League. You know, jump, hit the ball, try to try to get in the air a little bit, you know. Don't score on yourself. Yeah, we're, we are definitely on don't score on yourself level. Um, so... So a lot of it was just getting reps in in Rocket League, you know, sitting on the couch watching TV, playing Rocket League, throwing on the dock, getting the pro controller out Rocket League, waiting for my pizza to get done outside of Hungry Howie's got Rocket League going, just Rocket League, Rocket League, Rocket League. And it even bled over into getting YouTube up watching pro Rocket League videos and started actually dabbling a little bit and trying to learn about some of the different Rocket League teams, some of the different players. And, you know, I'm sort of excited. The you know we're our, We are currently in registration for Season 4 of the Rocket League Championship Series. And so I'm actually excited to, you know, be able to get into professional Rocket League and watch it and follow it this, uh, this season because I haven't really been grabbed by Overwatch League the couple times I've tried to watch. It just, I haven't been able to. Like, I get on, like, right after a match was done. And obviously, you know, I don't play a league. I, you know, I'm, I'm down with kind of following the standings, uh, you know, watch a little bit with you guys. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to actually be able to, Maybe have a little bit of an eSport beyond just fighting games that I'm going to follow. So, uh, you know, my, my week's been consistent of uh, playing Rocket League, trying to get better there. It's, it's, uh, it's good. So uh, if you play Rocket League on uh, PC, Xbox, or Switch, uh, let's play. Get in the Discord. Holler at me. I know Test has been itching to play. Uh, just, you know, my time and his time haven't lined up. But it'd be cool to get some two-on-twos going or, you know, get a, start working on a little bit of team because I am to the point where playing with a computer partner, even if it's at a higher difficulty level, is still worthless, still completely worthless. Oh, the AI, yeah, I'm sorry. The AI, like, if you're trying to learn technique, if you're trying to practice things, you just can't do it with the AI. Just can't. I, I can't do it. So I've even got online a little bit and had some fun, so... Yeah. All right, so I'm going to show everyone on twitch.tv slash Media the controller, but I want Deadite to um, try to explain it 
to our listeners on iTunes and everywhere else. Okay. <sighs> this so is hard. here it is. Oh God! It's yeah. it's nauseating. Oh oh God! I can I can see its insides. Oh my God! It split open up the right side. So from this angle, oh. it looks pretty normal. And so when oh. I spin it around, you notice oh there's. There's oh, something going on here. I can see its circuits. Oh my god, it's all crunchy. Hold on, let's see if I. No. Oh. 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 Did you click it back together? Oh. Oh. oh wait. No. no. Kind of. So, hey, so, I'm a... so let me examine something here for a moment. Oh man, it's a mess. Let me let me examine. Doctor. Doctor. It's a mess. Okay. Man, so, you can fix that with some duct tape. Oh, I may have just turned your PlayStation on. Oh, you pro Oh, you 100 did. <laughs> so there. It appears that your triggers are all still intact. Yeah, because that's one thing when the controls get smashed, triggers get broken. See, it wasn't it wasn't intact until I just squeezed it. When I just squeezed it, the trigger works but again. The the the, the trigger uh, actual like pins will snap. That's oh, what yeah. happened on my uh, my my controller. But you can even see there's a crack up the middle of the front faceplate leading to the PlayStation button. Ooh, this is a this is a gruesome bit of abuse on a wonderfully handcrafted controller Handcraft, by our friends at Cinch. Handcrafted by our friends at Cinch. Bought, I bought this directly from the owner. You're a like, monster. I know. This was like a this was like a close deal when we were at an event and and he hooked me up and everything. I feel so bad. This bad this bad boy's been around for a while. Like it's it's. It served me very well. It did not deserve this fate. That's why I instantly yeah. regretted it. If this was like any. And like the scuff controller, if this was the scuff controller, I'd actually be celebrating right now because scuff can go fuck themselves. But that's a pretty aggressive take. But I, I'm okay. <laughs> just give that controller to Jazzy. I'll no. fix it. It'll be a cinch. Oh man, you son of a bitch! That's it's too punny. You're punishing us. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, gotcha. Hear that? Yeah, that's rough. Please stop. Please. Oh god! Oh! Oh! I didn't see that crack that you pointed out. Yeah. It makes me even sad, more sad. I just need a new top shell. It's what I really need. Like I could, I could repurpose the bottom piece, and then I prop like the trigger is questionable because I'm pretty sure if you look, I think that's broken too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the but divider, that, but that is all casing. So really, I think I think if you buy a new shell, I think and and you could, uh, you know, I know cinch. Sells just shells on their website, so you oh, could okay. probably you could probably uh, go to their website and just get it. Because I was looking at cinch, she cinch shells for rebuilding my Jono controller. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's maybe it's saved. Maybe we can save it uh, with a little bit of love. But nonetheless, I was super upset at what I did to myself just sitting there, and I just this was what this is it. If you're watching the stream, it was holding it like this, and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, and just boom, right into the ground, and then it blew up, and I was like, idiot. Yep. Idiot. I'm emailing Jim. Yeah, we Don't got, do it. Dear Jim, Jim and I are friends. Dear Jim. Jim and I are <laughs> friends. <laughs> well, He's my only friend. He's the only one I got left. We just I, have to I document. I on these darker days. <laughs> we, we need to document pictures of this uh, as a <sighs> PSA for not raging out on your yeah, quality control. We'll take some pictures and put them and uh, and put them up for sure for our for our audio friends on iTunes. Yeah, that sounds go sounds to our great. Instagram and we'll have pictures. Sounds on like it. a good idea. I might still have my Halo controller because I I couldn't throw it away. I think you do. I think I've seen it. We'll so rummaging I'll pull through that your, one out too. We'll, we'll show we'll show you the 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 dried blood on it. 
<laughs> All right, we, we got to move on. That's what we've been playing. We always like to hear what you're playing, and how do you do that? You join the Discord. So just head on over to GameZillaMedia.com. The Discord button is right on the homepage. It's free to join. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. But let's get into some news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Now let's have it. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. First topic, Metal Gear Survive has some interesting, potentially the worst I've ever seen, microtransactions. Additional, <sighs> tra- additional cost to the game. One might say, oh, well, you know, yeah, cosmetics or maybe, I don't know, uh, extra weapons or or maybe uh, some DLC where I get some more levels. Oh, like a paywall. <laughs> or maybe I have to pay money in order to get more save slots past the one that I get for buying the game. Let's just take a minute there. That's right. Oh, you want two characters? Sorry, the $40 you gave us for the game only gets you one slot. If you want a second slot, that's 10 bucks. Oh, you want a third slot? That's another 10 bucks. Oh, you want that final fourth slot? That's another 10 bucks. <sighs> this game, first of all, has had many problems already. It's been joked on and just ridiculed in the sense of Kojima's not there, Metal Gear's dead, you know, this is this is trash. But on top of that, we had this information come out today that yes, indeed, the $40 game that you buy now has uh, in-game purchases to based off of the number of character save slots that you would like. Now, mind you, you still can also buy uh, microtransactions as far as cosmetics and stuff like that. So, yes, it's got the standard stuff, but I wanted to bring this up in the sense of, like, if this was a way the game started to gravitate, where, let's think of Destiny 2, for example, where you can have multiple characters, or anything, or any game where you might want multiple save slots, that you would actually have to pay for said save slots. There's only a couple games I can think of where I'm okay with this. I have seen this in the sense of a free-to-play MMO where you can make one character, but if you would like to make multiple characters, say DC Universe Online, you would need to pay either for a premium subscription or you'd have to microtransaction to get the extra slots. Okay, because the game's free to play. Mm -hmm. But if I'm paying $40, the last thing I want to pay $10 more for is a save slot, in my opinion. This is not acceptable when it comes to game design. I am sorry, this does not work when it's pay to play. What do you guys think? I just want to point out the fact that this is this is this is the thing that bothers me the most about this, and it's going to be super stupid, all right? But you basically get SV coins, all right? This is what you're buying. That's the currency. The yeah, currency yeah. is SV coins, which we've seen before. For a hundred SV coins, it's ninety nine cents, and that goes up to six thousand SV coins for forty nine ninety nine. So it comes into play that you will roughly have to pay $10 in order to get the slot, which costs 1,000 SV coins. But you can't buy 1,000 SV coins. Nope. You could buy for $10 1,150 SV coins. So they're basically, you're 
forcing you to, if you want this extra slot, you buy it, and then you have an extra 150 SV coins. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to buy more shit it's because you have it. It's a business model. You yeah. go, go to Dave and & Buster's and, and load up load up your card, right? And tell me, unless you go play, unless you're Deadite and you go play, you know, eight rounds of skee-ball at the end of the night. Because I love it. You will always have a balance left because they make the games cost in a way where you'll always have a little bit left with that concept of like, well, I have six credits on this card. I'm going to reload it. Right. It, that it, it's brainwashing in a way, but it makes sense. In a, in a shitty way, it makes sense. I get why they're doing it. It's just shitty. Yeah. So I guess we're going to have to work the system, all right? If you want six additional player slots with your free one, so you have seven, then you have to pay $10 for each one. However, if you buy that extra one where you have seven purchased slots and you have the free one, you technically will have enough left over to get another one, so you'll get an extra slot or, for free. Or here's what you <laughs> do. Good math, Jesse. <laughs> or here's what you do. You don't buy the game. <laughs> or that. Like, First of all, it bugs me that it's survive. Like, why couldn't it be survival? I know. I just survive. Yeah. Like, it's so simple. Like, this game's a mess. <laughs> this game's a mess as it is. People, you know, the, the beginning of the game is super painful where people are like, no one's going to want to buy an extra save slot anyways because no one's going to want to go through the beginning of the game. The The game has gotten mediocre reviews. It's, it's you know, it's not a Metal Gear game. And, you know, bottom line, they even had developers that hid in, like, nasty um, Easter eggs in the game, basically calling out, saying Konami's a piece of shit and, and long live Kojima. And these are developers that helped work on the game that left this code in the game um, that t- where people didn't find it. They're no longer with the company because they left. But that that's the type of environment that Konami has created around this game. And you expect this game to be good? No one should support this game. Okay, I've talked about Konami making you know doing a good job with Bomberman for the Switch. Right? I thought they did like that game was was good, and they and they and they get. It was it was good, and they continued to put effort into the game for free. Correct. Like, I liked the way they were trying to for any any Bomberman fan, true Bomberman fan. It was a game that I think you could be happy about. But but at the same time, this is Konami. This is what like why is anyone shocked? Why is anyone yeah. surprised? Why does anyone give their money to these people? Like you gotta think about this. You got to think about where you're spending your money and who you're supporting. Because if you go out and you buy this game and then you can't go afford to buy Sea of Thieves, for example, I would 100,000 times want to support Rare more than anything Konami does. And that's just because of the track record that Konami has left. It's the way they've handled the relationships with, let's be honest, iconic superstars, Hall of Famers when it comes to video game design that will go down in history as just masters of their craft and they just shit all over them. Like, why Why do you want to support that company? I felt bad. When I bought Bomberman, I felt bad. I was like, I don't want to like this game because, because of the name Konami's on it. Yeah. When I go to the casino, I don't play the Konami slots because I go... Fuck you guys. This is why you suck because you think this is what you should do instead of make good video games. Yeah. And I remember back when we were bitching about EA and the microtransactions that they were putting in Battlefront 2 and how awful they were. 
in the fact that you could either buy your way to become the best or you could play 7,000 hours of the game to earn the stuff. They don't even give you that option here. There's no way to earn SV coins in the game whatsoever. It's 100% pay to get the shit. That's, yeah, I was waiting to see if Jazzy's going to bring that up. That's where this gets really shitty. It's not like, oh, you can go grind it out and unlock a champ on League of Legends because you play 50 games. No. Now, mind you, they are starting to give out some stuff here and there, but it's like it's just like opening weekend celebration, and you can you can accumulate 120 coins, and that's about it. So, like, yeah, they they really shit the bed on this one. This game is DOA, in my opinion. It's got a lifespan of it's over already. So, before I make an impassionate speech, I have to throw this out there. I have, on multiple occasions, paid $40 essentially for an extra save slot. I've done it multiple times. Pokemon. You do technically get an entire, an, another game, but more or less, I buy two copies of Pokemon when it comes out so my wife has her own file to play on. You also pay for PokeBank. I do also pay for PokeBank. So, the ability to transfer things around. So... I'm I'm going to say that there is an area in in life where I have paid a lot of money for an extra save slot. Now, it's technically you get a whole separate copy of the game. There's some differences. You're also buying like Sun and Moon. Correct. Or, you know, like so I mean, I get what you're trying to say here, but it's so far removed from what's happening here. It's similar, it's similar but different enough where I don't feel bad about buying two copies of the game. I wouldn't it's, either, yeah. It's it's a model that's been established by Pokemon and a few other games have tried and yeah. done things like that, but it is different. And I wonder if they're like, okay, well we're putting out one version of Pokemon for an extra ten dollars, you can have two slave save slots. Would would I be throwing the same fit if they said Pokemon Stars coming to Switch, ten dollars more you get two save slots instead of buying two copies of the game? Would I be cool with that or not? I don't. I don't know because it's a different See, franchise. A different for the scenario. games that you're talking about, we'll use Pokemon as the example. I still think if they were able to have more save slots to that one game, you still would have another uh, system and game for her because you would yeah. be playing them a lot at the same time. Well, when you talk about Pokemon, I mean, especially with you guys, you're talking hundreds of hours, you know, yeah. and especially just her alone, hundreds of hours. So. Um, I, I don't know. I like I get your comparison, but the problem is is that Pokemon Sun and Moon or Red and Blue or whatever whatever you know generation you want to look at, they were they're, they're different games. They did they did it in a way where it's like there was value to buying the other game. It wasn't simply like oh you want to uh, you want to um, you know make a second character that ha- that has uh, different armor. Cool, ten bucks please. It's yeah. just, it's, this feels, I mean, it doesn't feel, this is such a cash grab. It's like, it's honestly, it's the worst cash grab I think I've seen as far as a microtransaction in a video game to date. Yeah. I think the comparison here, if we're going to use Pokemon, would be, hey, we're going to give you this Pokemon game, but you only get one Pokemon. If you want to uh, get the other five Pokemon in your team, you have to buy them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think the comparison of the same save slots 
is uh, yeah, at, but here's at the, least a reason. It's a reasonable conversation to have. That's all I guess I'm saying. I guess it's true. You guys aren't going to disprove my comparison. I could disprove it a little bit in the sense of like you buy two copies, right? Yeah. You give one, one, one to L, one to yourself, and you spent forty dollars each. So you're at eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Pokemon on the Switch, you do the same thing. Let's say, yeah. Right? And this time around, though, they go, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you, you red, we're just going to use red and blue. You got blue, she got red, and you both start off. But what they did this time is that you, you can have four save slots on each, on each uh, device. Now, like Jazzy said, you'd buy two anyways because, yeah. because you're both sure. going to play. But each slot costs money. Yeah. It's not, it's not the concept of, like, I bought two games so I could have two slots. I get that. But it's the fact that like I bought a forty dollar game, I bought Jade a forty dollar game because we both want to play online, and then for you know for every character we want because it's like this character can only have a sword and this character can only have a gun or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I have to pay an additional fee for each slot. So instead of the two games, I'm paying technically, let's just say we load it all out three. The the cost is three games, for and I'm only getting two. It's just. It's a it's a business model that exists in free gaming again that they're trying to flex into pay you know cost gaming that I just don't it just doesn't work and anybody that buys this game and gives them that ten dollars you're wrong don't do it because you're literally telling Konami it's okay you can pull this on us oh Jade's gonna die she's never gonna play another Konami game again. Because she loves to have all those multiple save slots she so you can save her game at different points. Yeah. Now, yeah, and again, I mean, save slot-wise, you might have... that. That's different. It, it, that'd be terrible if it was save slot. This is character slot, so... Mm-hmm. Right. You know. So I see him doing save slot, too. It's but, like, Destiny... Like, why wouldn't Bungie do this? Because it's a bad idea. And Bungie <laughs> doesn't do anything right. And they know it's a bad idea! So so with me playing devil's advocate and just putting out a conversation point to put it in some context, I do have to say that this is continuing to fuel my burning hatred for big publishers. Like uh, we didn't we haven't had time this week. We didn't have time last week to get into my my feud I'm in with 2K. Maybe we'll start on time next week allow uh you know a portion uh, maybe we can have a, a brief you know what we've been playing so I can really go into my customer service battle I've been having with 2K Entertainment over WWE 2K on the Switch. It's good. But I'm at a point where I do not want to buy games made by big publishers because of things like this. So I look at Konami, I look at 2K, I look at these companies that are wronging the fans um one of the reasons i was fine buying battlefront is they did do an about face and they did sort of try to appease the fans and i have enjoyed the game but we're continuing to see these business practices that didn't exist a decade ago in gaming that are directly taking advantage of the fans they these publishers clearly do not care about the fans the players their customers they just see us as dollar signs they see us as an ends to a mean and that's getting money, and they're not interested. I'm not blaming the game developers. It's the publishers, and they're not interested in our entertainment. They're not interested in cultivating a fan base. They're just interested in literally, well, okay, figuratively, holding us by our ankles and shaking money out of our pockets. It's almost literal because that, that's what they're doing to us, and that's why I'm really interested in indie games. That's why I'm really interested in Rocket League right now because – 
you know, you you get a ton of drops that are available. Yeah, there's little DLCs. You could buy cars and stuff like that, but I'm still experiencing the same game. It's by a small developer, and there's a good community around it. I'm tired of these big developers doing things like save slots, paywalls, loot boxes. It's all garbage, and I'm so sick of it, and I, I'm not, I'm too cheap. You guys know I'm way too cheap. I'm absolutely not going to partake in any of this. Well, I think indie, so indie developers like Rocket League, right? They have so much stuff built into their game. The only things that you're, the stuff that you're really paying for is like licensed stuff that they have to pay for. Yeah, you they want a Batmobile? It costs you money. That's yeah, fine. Because it costs it cost, five bucks or whatever. Because you know it costs them money, too. Yeah. So, like, I'm okay with that. It's it's different when you're taking basic mechanics of every game that ever existed and trying to charge for it. That's what drives me n- nuts when, when it comes to this. Jazzy, what did you want to say? I was just going to say that was a great speech. I'm going to give you 130 VC coins for nope. it. Nope. <laughs> but I just want to let you know that the lowest amount of VC coins that you could buy something with in the, within the store is a T-shirt that says, Gaming is for gamers... 140 VC coins. <laughs> so All for right. 99 cents, you can get that I, shirt. The last thing, I, the last thing I want to bring up about this topic coming from coming from our Twitch stream again. Okay, live here on Twitch. Remember. Um, that uh, all all this nonsense, but Nintendo convinced people twelve dollar toys are are viable DLC measures. That's from Sheriff of Patty. So you got a point there with Amiibos, right? Amiibos they were locking sought they were locking. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, DLC. Actually, that we I don't want to call it DLC. They were locking stuff, content. Content, was content that was on that disc or on that cartridge or whatever you're playing it on. It was already there. They just put a wall in between it where when you take this little piece of plastic and drop it on there, the wall disappears. That's it. So, like, yes, that's... It can be shitty, but at the same time, I can sit there and say, cool, but I have this physical item that if you know I'm a collector or if I like putting things on display, I have this. We're talking about Metal Gear Survive, which has save slots that you have to buy, for God's sakes. <laughs> like... It's save slots. It's, it's I want to make another character. I have to pay you. That's dumb. That is so dumb compared to saying, hey... uh, I can use this Pikachu, I can use this Mewtwo card to get a, a special version of Mewtwo in pocket tournament. Or I use this horse link to get yeah. special carrots for my horse in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. My, so the difference I, is I can still go get carrots yeah. in, in Breath of the Wild. And so my thing is, I, I agree in a lot of ways with Sheriff on that one. Uh, I do look at Amiibos as sort of being overpriced, uh, unlockable content. Uh, that's why uh, I have three Amiibos. I've paid for zero of them. One of them was a gift that Brick Bitch got me while she was traveling out of state, and that's the Samus, because... Happy Metroid Monday! I am a Metroid fan. Uh, not quite as big as Grim, but one of my favorite games. I own a Peach and a Yoshi that I got for free, so... Um, because I do see that $12 price tag and go, yeah, it unlocks like almost nothing. Is it really worth it? But again, at least you get a collectible figure, but yeah. that's why I don't, I've, I've become really close to buying a few Zelda Amiibos because I like the drops you get in Breath of the Wild. You, it's nice to get some weapons and stuff because you're breaking stuff all the time, but it, it's tough. It's tough for me to pay that. The, that I, they should call this game Gears of War Not Gonna Survive. I like it. The the last... The last. I hate you, Jazzy. The, the last thing that I will say about this is that, and, and it's an analytics that we will never get because because you can't predict it. But I will, I would love to somehow see the amount of money that they make off of this character slot charge versus 
the um, the amount of sales they lost because of this bad publicity. Right. Because I can't imagine it balances out. And and yes, you know what? Like backlash on a game that already was being super negative and, and everything, you know, Sheriff was talking about again on Twitch is very viable that this game was not did not have a positive vibe for it since they booted Ko, uh, Kojima. You know, it, it hasn't been so like, yeah, they gotta figure out a way maybe to like save face somewhat, but this isn't it. I'm sorry, this isn't it. But we yeah. gotta move on. The we only way you're on. gonna do that is by uh getting a hundred people that are like fans of the game and play it and then a hundred people that like the gear series and just you know questionnaire like hey what do you think and that's the only yeah. somewhat accurate just way you're gonna do it i mean you killed your, you killed that you killed that ip when you when you cut ties with kojima i'm sorry there was no saving it there was no saving it without somehow repairing that relationship with kojima everyone looks at that looks at that i that's that series as kojima's all right Moving on though, we got we got bigger fish to fry. That was a really weak fry. Another great company that uh, you know we like talking about from time to time is Ubisoft. Uh, but we've talked some very good and also some very poor decisions from Ubisoft. This ter- uh, this particular topic is it's interesting actually. I find it potentially one of the smartest things I've ever heard come from Ubisoft. Yeah. So. Ubisoft is uh, experimenting. The French video game publisher is exploring potential applications of blockchain in its strategic innovation lab. So, uh, the lab's director of trends and insights told the gaming news site IGN that Ubisoft is uh, interested in the blockchain's ability to offer unique ownership over digital items. The technology presents the opportunity to finally have real digital collectibles that cannot be replicated by anyone and can be 100% owned by you. Uh, As a result, the blockchain also provides more protection over over creative property. Uh, Thanks to the blockchain, we can now have the equivalent of a digital Picasso with the advantage that it is a lot more difficult to steal something on a blockchain than steal an actual Picasso. Uh, one use one use case that Ubisoft has um, been talking about is related to one-of-a-kind downloadable content, which is distributed by a games publisher and typically includes add-ons such as aesthetics, changes, and new gameplay features. Uh, they have more ambitions for the blockchain applications beyond just DLC, uh, but the uh, another quote was, we want to go further than that. We feel there's something even more interesting to find through the blockchain, and we're in the process of trying to find that interesting thing. Ubisoft is not the first gaming developer to explore the applications of blockchain, but they are the biggest. So uh, there are games out there like CryptoKitties, which is a game where users can buy, collect, and breed and sell unique digital cats. Um, but they're, they are 100% unique. Like, if you have a certain cat, it is yours. And unless you get rid of it, no one else can actually have that same cat. Uh, and so the idea here, blockchain, obviously, if you're not familiar with blockchain, look up Bitcoin. Understand what cryptocurrency is, and you'll understand blockchain a lot more. Blockchain is basically a technology that allows you to develop X amount of something, right? And then 
people can, with cryptocurrency, people mine it, right? They're going to mine this cryptocurrency, and if they gain three Bitcoins, they own three Bitcoins. That $3,000 worth of Bitcoins is theirs, and unless they sell it or trade it or whatever, it's it's not going anywhere. And there's the, the thing about blockchain is that when it's developed, it's easy to build a blockchain, but when you develop it, you select the number of you know, how many of that there are. So I think um, Bitcoin, there's 21 million Bitcoins. 21 million or is it 21,000? There's not a, it might not be a million. It might be less than that. I have to look up, but there's a certain amount of Bitcoins and that's it. There will never be more Bitcoins. So that's the idea of a blockchain is that a game company could come out with DLC and they could sell it to GameStop and say exclusive blockchain, uh, um, you know, content at, on at GameStop, there's only 5,000 of them. And there's a truly unique piece at that point. Now, the scary thing about, not the scary thing, but the interesting that would, thing that would happen is, yes, you would, Jazzy Fiddle, you would own it, which means you could also sell it. So now value to digital items becomes something, right? We've always talked mm-hmm. about, we were just talking about this today in Discord, is like, uh, we're building databases of our game collection, and we want to know if we could add digital games. And a lot of these apps don't support it because digital games have no value. But what if they could? What if there's a secondary shop, like a virtual game stop, where you could trade in your digital copies because they're blockchain? So you could trade them in, GameStop would give you credit, and then they could resell those blockchains back out. You know, like things like that could happen um, with this technology. I just thought it was super interesting in the sense that I don't care a lot about in-game exclusive content anymore because it's so such garbage. It's like, hey, pre-order this from Best Buy and you'll get this hat. And it's like, cool, there's 2 million people running around with that hat. But if you could start to get it more unique, if you could start to do blockchain where it was like, I don't know, start to think of like, like being able to build custom pieces geographically around different locations, things like that, then you're kind of getting into that Pokemon Go world where it's like, I have to travel here to get this Pokemon. I can't get it any other way. Right. I have, you know, like it starts to create uniqueness. It starts to create, um, you know, co- collectors getting away from just physical and, and also wanting to collect digital. And I think it's a, it, I think it's the next step for, Digital collections for for that for that ability to own something that's not there's no physical form, but you still feel like you actually have something. Yeah, because that's the biggest problem with digital, in my opinion, right now. It's why it's one reason why I prefer a hard copy over the digital. As pain in the ass as it is, sometimes I still like putting that case on my shelf, and the ability where a digital could have somewhat of that feel is, I think, a big deal. I don't like things that are unique at all. It's not like I haven't been shopping for a DJ Sona Funko Pop. There's only made 200 of for, like, the last <laughs> forever since they came out with it. I, I know, like, this is really cool to me because I'm with you. I don't really like buying things digital because I don't feel like it has any value other than just the value of the experience, which is okay. But, again, there's no trading value. It doesn't feel like it's part of your collection. You know, hypothetically... And again, it's because I'm into Rocket League right now. They just made the announcement this week that coming this spring, there's going to be WWE unlockables in Rocket League, which that's two things I'm really into, so I'm pretty excited about. But if you told me, hey, uh, there's going to be a special Undertaker car, 
And they're only actually releasing or allowing uh, 5,000 of those to be bought. And then after that, I could go to the secondary market, some theoretic, you know, because there is that sort of thing in Rocket League. If I had to go to the secondary market, instead of paying $5, I have to pay $12 for it. Like, that actually creates value. So there's a reason for me to be like, oh, you know, I got to pre-order this or at launch, I got to try and get this because there's a limited number. If it's if it's something that's cool to me, I mean, that, that actually is nice for a, a have feeling like you actually own something or this person they could do it with special editions of the games a collector's edition of a digital game literally means nothing other than you get whatever garbage they add into the game but if they actually only released uh you know 1000 digital collectors editions there's value there how about this this would be a this would be a pretty big logistic thing to do but imagine a kickstarter okay imagine an axiom verge 2 being kickstarted mm-hmm and one of the perks that you could buy into is a blockchain for the game where the character would be named you. The character would be mm. you, and you could design his outfit. <laughs> only Call Tom. Only 2,500 copies are going to allow this edition because they're blockchain. They're going to be a digital copy, but they're a blockchain. You'll own it, and it'll be customized to you for this perk. Every other game after that will just be the standard edition. How cool would that be? How cool would it be to fire up a game that everybody else has, but your character looks different and is named different because you supported them in a way, and it's still your game? Like the, I, I, um, I can think of so many cool things you could do with blockchain within customizing a game all the way down to an individual. Yes, you could do it per state or per country or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, FIFA could have a heyday with this and, and with, with what they could do with soccer fans and every other sport could. But when you break it down for an indie company that maybe is making a game that's going to get, you know, I don't know, thousands of backers. Could you not say the first thousand backers have, you know, the first thousand to back at $100 for this game that's going to cost nine ninety nine? You back it for 100 because it's Axiom Verge 2, and I would pay, and I want to support it. But because you did that, we're going to make a special edition for you. It's not the limited edition that, that they ran 2.4 million copies of and sold everywhere. It's the, special, it's the special Jazzy Fiddle edition. There's one of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be the most expensive to buy, too. Jazzy edition. The character would be so uh, so nerfed you could never be there. It would just be a poop yep. emoji just plopping around <laughs> everywhere. Which is funny because if you take Ubisoft's... I always remember that meme where you have it. The Ubisoft symbol looks like a poop emoji from above. Mm. Yes. Yeah? Memes. All right. Anything else on this topic? Anything? Wanna, what are you showing me here? Look at it. It's a poop emoji Those, from above. From, from looking down? Yeah, Ch- Chops on Twitch is sitting there saying it's like Kickstarter perks. It would be a Kickstarter perk, right. but it, but you would use the blockchain technology to in order to make these unique where you could build out a custom yeah. version of it or whatever. And, like, how again, you could go crazy with it. What happens if you had a $5,000 perk and you only had five slots? What do you get on that one? Oh, you get to design, like, this. you have to – maybe you have to prove your credentials – but like, there's an extra level in your copy that you get to build. Yeah, I like this idea. The primary reason why I've bought certain games digitally is because I don't want to have to find the disc and put it in my console. Yeah. 
And then the games that I didn't, that I bought the collector's edition of, say, Horizon Zero Dawn, I don't mind getting up and grabbing the disc and putting it in my console because I get to look at the badass statue that I got with it because there was something cool that came with the game. Whereas all of the digital content I have now that I don't play those games anymore, what do I do with? Nothing. It sits in my PlayStation library. They're saying they're getting a sound overlap. Interesting. It's got to be one of my news articles. Yeah, it's right here. Sorry, guys. There you go. Jeez. Gee, what kind of... Gee, This this Windows update now, all of a sudden, these the the embedded videos start to, like, they unpause themselves. I don't know what the hell's going on with this crazy shit, but there you go. Blame Windows. It's all Jazzy's fault. Someone told me to blame Jazzy, so... I'm a ventriloquist. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so, a lot of cool ideas. So, you keep trying to put your hand up my butt? <laughs> well, that's a different reason. <laughs> a lot of cool ideas. Blockchain would be a really cool technology that I think you could integrate into the gaming industry very well. And I look forward to seeing, you know, what, what companies can do with, with this technology. Uh, let's go ahead and move into topic number three. And we bring back young Ethan. That's right, a little Ethan holding the gun and a knife because, you know, video game violence and blah, blah, blah. We're so not I'm a sociopath, yeah. guys. We're not going to get into video game violence because we talked about that last week. We talked about our thoughts on it, and you can go back and listen to the last episode. You can also talk about it in the Discord because we've been, we've been actively talking about everything that's going on from the senators to, to the president to everybody that's you know sitting there bringing up this news. What we are going to talk about is um, some some people that have come out and said violent video games should should be taxed extra. And this is what they should be taxed extra. This is what lawmakers are saying. So a Republican lawmaker from Rhode Island wants to use the funds for mental health efforts. Okay, that part of it I like. I don't necessarily like the idea that you're going to tax a violent game. It, it, it kind of feels like these people that have that. I don't know how I want to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tippy toe around here. To me, okay, my opinion on this one. So you can beat me up if you don't like this. Is that you're penalizing this, and you're saying it's connected to mental health? Like that. That's my problem. Is that like. I just I don't like the idea that this certain type of game gets gets penalized. And yes, it's going to a good cause and I would and and I would like I like the idea of getting more funding to mental health any way you can, okay? That's not the problem. You need more funding for this. I just don't necessarily like the way you're going about it with violent video games. That's the thing, because right here in, in the here and now, with everything that's going on and all the blame that's being thrown around, it kind of looks like you're like, well, since you know they're all playing games and you know they play them 15 hours a day and they're all violent, they should be the ones that kind of help pay for the, for the mental health unit. I just don't like the fact that this cannot be proven. It cannot be proven that violent video games make people more violent. Well, it, could, it could be proven. It just clearly has, has not, not been. None right. of the research has proven that. That doesn't mean that it couldn't someday be proven. But so far, there's been studies, and they've come back inconclusive. So, right. so as of 2018, you are correct. It, it has not been proven yet. And, and increasing I don't think it the will. tax on a game 
would be like, why wouldn't you do this for everything else that has some sort of violent tendency? So why am I not paying yeah, extra money for a football ticket because uh, football players get concussions more and we have to worry about their health. So they need to take that money for the extra ticket tax yeah. and then give it to the I'm players. I'm sorry, health. if you're going to go penalize violent video games, you have to penalize violent movies, violent TV, vi- anything that, that, that depicts violence at that point. Needs to be the same tax. Yeah. Now here's let me break this down for you, just so that we have, so you can imagine. This is what they're saying they want to do in Rhode Island. Right now they have a seven percent sales tax. A sixty dollar game comes out to sixty four twenty. Okay. They want to put an additional ten percent tax on that, making a game like an M rated game like Grand Theft Auto Five seventy dollars and twenty cents. So pro, full price game in Rhode Island seventy dollars twenty cents. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, it, it's it's not it, when you really like look at it. It's not a lot more money, but for some reason, when you look at that number and you go, "That's for one video game," it it really like you now realize the gaming industry has hit that mark. Like they found their sweet spot for a, for a AAA cost of a game because if that game goes up to seventy, but it's not a special edition, it's not a so so the hundred dollars special edition is now how much? Yeah, 160. Right? Yeah, so like when you start to think about like 70 bucks for a video game, you're right. I I think twice about it, which is crazy cuz like what it you know, $70 here for this versus like what do we pay for a game if if we were to pay 60 bucks, we pay what? 63 something? I don't even know what our tax. I can't. We have a six six percent sales yeah. tax. So yeah, I'm not even sure because I don't pay. I never pay sixty dollars for a video game anymore. But you're going to be around. Uh, it would be like sixty three thirty or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't do the math. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, it's like breaking that seventy mark just instantly is like a huge turnoff to me. So, but the thing is, is that the the good. Yeah, that's why I, I just figured it out. <laughs> oh, it, oh, there you go. So. Yeah. Um, good, good luck, Jazzy. Rhode yep. I- so the Rhode Island lawmaker says that the revenue from the tax would be put into a special account to be dispersed to school districts for the purpose of funding counseling, mental health programs, and other conflict resolution activities. Our goal is to make every school in Rhode Island a safe and calm place for students to learn. By offering children resources to manage their aggression today, we can ensure a more peaceful tomorrow. Okay, that's all great and dandy, but the this last shooting was from a kid that was expelled. He didn't have he wouldn't have access to any of your programs. Right. So like again Not to mention he was in programs that he stopped yeah. going to. Yeah. I want to see improvement, okay? We we all want to see improvement. We all don't want to sit here and, and wait for this for the next shooting and sit there and say, huh. There's another one. Like, we don't want that, right? But is, like, and, and, and small steps versus, versus, you know, drastic measures, like, they all need to be explored. I'm not saying they don't. But, and I'm actually for this tax if you blanket it across all violence-related content. Exactly. You cannot pinpoint a game and not go put it on the rated R movie where someone's going to go kill kill a hundred people by the end of the movie. You just can't do it. Yeah, it has to be across the board when it comes to interactive content or not, like just violent content in general. 
You want to watch violent content on YouTube? It becomes a tier. YouTube's free, but violent content has a tax. So you got to pay five bucks a month on YouTube. I don't know. I don't have the answers, but you got to do it where everyone, every piece of that content gets treated the same way. So, so one thing I did while we were, you know, were show prepping and, and doing some research for this topic is I wanted to see if I could find a precedent set in, in, uh, in media for a tax of sorts, like a, we'll call it a morality tax. So, you know, I didn't uh, get creative with my Googling because I didn't want to go uh, deep down a rabbit hole. But I was, but I was like, hey, is there, a, is there an extra tax on pornographic magazines? No. There is not. I could not find one, but you know, you could. Oh, I know. Grim, no, but you could. But you know, in 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 modern society where we definitely have you know what people call rape culture, you could much more easily rank uh, you know accessibility and pornography consumption to sexual to actual real in like se- life sexual deviance, and there's no one out proposing taxes or restrictions to make that uh, a higher cost of entry or more difficult to get to, and that's an actual problem in culture that you could correlate and link more easily with study than you can with violence in video games. That you know, so again, it's off topic, but there's a parallel there because it's media consumption that directly has an effect on your psychological um, approach to things. And so if there's not a precedent there for this industry that is uh, penetrating, you know, pun intended on that one, uh, throughout our culture, and you can't do it here. You can't all of a sudden start taxing morality. It's not okay. And you can't set a precedent for it. That's when, again, it's time to revolt. If you're trying to make a safe and calm place for students to learn, you're going to have to tax everything extra in Rhode Island. Because guess what? That kid is going to find there's going to be some way, shape, or form that that kid is going to be in an unsafe learning environment. Like, you want to know what? You're going to have to tax every food in the state of Rhode Island more that has high fructose corn syrup because that kid's going to get fat and he's going to get bullied at school. No, the the problem is this is that, yeah, you can go outside the box here and we can talk about other things for sure. There's many, many way, things we could talk about. But looking at violence is like if this kid's having a hard time and you're giving him these, uh, these platforms in school, there's no – what happens when he goes home to an abusive house? What happens when he goes home and, you, and his parents are gone or left him, never wanted that – you know, never wanted the child? What happens when these things ha- – you know, like it doesn't – like I'm not saying that you can't try to, to do something, you know, well. Okay, what I'm saying is that we as a society and we as a as a community from small to large fail each other every day in the sense that we don't pay We don't pick our heads out of our own fucking hand with our smart device to pay attention to the world that's going on around us. We do not look at signs that say this person might be having a problem. This person might be in trouble. This person might be in pain. We don't. Like, do we do that to our connected loved ones? Absolutely. I worry about my wife. I worry about my mom and dad. I worry about the people that are interconnected. But the problem in school is that there's not enough help in that school to even allow the teachers and the counselors and the principals to acknowledge the problems, let alone follow a path down down a process that allows them to help. There's not, unless you get the few and far between that don't mind giving up their entire life to run down and try to help people. I've had teachers in my in my 
you know, in my history that have gone above and beyond because of health issues that I've had to help me make sure I could do what I needed to do to pass their class or to graduate or whatever it was. And so for me, I get it, but not everybody can a afford that because they have their lives to worry about too. They have their problems that they have to go home to. So adding a tax to put some more funding in, you schools need to be more funded anyways. I'm sorry. Schools don't get enough funding as it is, and a little tax on video games is not going to fix the problem. Is it going to help a little bit? Maybe. But again, you can't pinpoint one artist, one category, and say, you got to pay, but this guy over here can make you know, a rape-oriented movie and not, have, and not be penalized by it. If you're going to put a tax on cigarettes, every brand gets taxed, not just one. If you're gonna put a t- uh, uh, a you know if you're gonna put something on alcohol, everything gets taxed, not just Budweiser. Like that's how it works. You gotta blanket the tax for violent content. That's it. Yeah, then you'd have to you have I'd to tax the hell it. out of Jack Daniels because everyone fights when they're drinking Jack. Yeah, I um, I think that the the and this is just my personal opinion. The schools have to acclimate too. Like, as a counselor, you're prepped to help children in this day and age with these problems because they're common problems in this day and age. If those problems change, you have to change and acclimate to be able to help the kids with those problems. Because guess what? The kids that went to school in the 1950s aren't, didn't get counseled the exact same way that kids today are getting counseled. They acclimated. You just, you just have to because times change, things change, and they need different help. I just know that if I lived in Rhode Island, I'd probably want to kill people too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. We just had a strong message and it all went out the window thanks to sociopaths. Have you been to Rhode Island? Goes. All right. That, that's a tough topic. I, I want to support. I want to support funding. I want to see more. And I think that tax could work. You just have to. It can't. It just has to be broader. Yeah. You, you know, you have to make it broader. And I do think you're on to something. And this isn't the first time it's been tried. In 2013, uh, I believe it was Missouri or something around that area that tried to pass something like this within their state. It didn't It didn't make it, but it was the same idea. They wanted to tax violent video games and the funding would go towards mental health and everything like that. So um, – I don't yeah. think it's bad. The concepts there, the but, logistics of it are not right. Yeah, they're not right. They're not right. You're just you're just hurting one industry. You're not you're not protecting people in in a society that's so easy to uh, to to take in content. So let's just say take in violent content from every device we own. I mean, I can watch <laughs> I can watch violent content from my watch for God's sakes. So like you got to look at it. You got to look at it as the overall picture. If you want to make an impact in your state and you really think you can generate a significant amount of money to help people, it needs to be violent, violent content across the board. That's my opinion. All right. Last topic. We're going to go. I saved this one for last. I wanted to come out, come out of the, the heavy stuff and do a little bit lighter so we can be in a better mood. Okay, good, good. Pokemon is, uh, there's some rumors. There's no news yet, but it is uh, February 26th. Now I'm going to turn to uh, Deadite and I'm going to ask you is there a day coming up soon that might mean something to Pokemon people? And if you aren't are familiar with this day, it's okay. I will tell you what this day is. So just be honest with me and don't get violent, okay? 
A Mortal Kombat hat that you're wearing, did they tax you extra for wearing that? You know, uh, actually, when Sci-Fi bought it because he was in uh, in Rhode Island, uh, he actually had to they they had to chop off one of his fingers, and he he actually owed the government. Oh, finger that. tax! Yeah, finger tax. Ugh, so was, uh, that that's how they get you in the east. Um, so I don't think you know. I <laughs> almost thought it was a couple days ago, but the Pokemon Pokemon anniversary is in February. Pokemon anniversary. I thought it was yeah. the twentieth. So. There's something called Pokemon Day, which I believe is your anniversary. Okay. We call it Pokemon Day, and it is tomorrow. Oh! February 27th. How delightful. So the Nintendo Switch games uh, Newsweek includes a big update for fans that are, uh, for the upcoming Pokemon RPG that could still arrive in 2018. We have no idea about this, right? But some interesting things kind of happened. A new Pokemon game is coming to Nintendo Switch, but there's about as much uh, as there hasn't been much news revealed. It appears there's a chance it will arrive in 2018, though Nintendo has yet to provide much official information. Recent reports claim that the Japanese game's giants are aiming for late 2018 to early 2019 as a potential launch window. And whenever it does arrive, it's going to be a big deal. Having mainly featured on Nintendo's handheld devices, this will be one of the first major franchise launches on a home console. And it appears there could be big changes coming along with that. The latest reports center around the potential of the new Pokemon game offering up DLC content. This stems from a recent job opportunity that actually that, that was listed. DLC data preparation and testing. Um, this job is currently being advertised at the Pokemon Company, which probably means it has something to do with the new Pokemon RPG. While DLC sounds like it would be sort uh, sort of we, something we associate with post-launch paid content, there's always the chance that this could be referencing new events. Pokemon Sun and Moon featured global challenges and could be considered DLC to fans. Uh, there's also a chance Nintendo and the Pokemon Company are planning something more in line with what we saw featured with Zelda Breath of the Wild, DLC, Season Pass, so on and so forth. Nintendo themselves have confirmed that they are ready to offer more DLC content in the future. Uh, during recent earning presentation, Nintendo President revealed more DLC was on the way as well as further support for in-game events. Quoted, To promote longer gameplay for individual software titles, we plan to implement even more downloadable content and events that build excitement for games. So, New trademarks have been found that apparently point to Nintendo and Game Freak calling their next pocket monster adventure Pokemon 1 and Pokemon 0. These listings apparently came with some kind of new art design, although it seems unlikely that they will remain with part of the final game. As you, would, if you, as you might expect, a lot of fans are skeptical that Nintendo would, would be trademarking with so much still unknown about the RPG proje uh, project, but Nintendo's also locks everything down and half of it never gets used, so who the hell knows. Um, but yeah, Here's where it gets interesting, though. Some fans are pinning their hopes on a new Nintendo Direct being scheduled before the end of the month. Pokemon Day will be held February 27th, with some fans holding, holding out hope of some new details being revealed. Based on past Pokemon Day, it is possible that we could see a new announcement drop, although nothing concrete has been revealed. Uh, and obviously, if something was to be revealed, it would most likely be through a Nintendo Direct live stream. And uh, we've already had tw multiple of them held in 2018. So could we see a huge surprise Nintendo Direct 
less than 24 hours from us talking about this, revealing the future of Pokemon, and what would you feel about, let's say, let's look at Pokemon in the sense of, let's say they do handle it in the way of Breath of the Wild, or they handle it in a way like Splatoon, where all they continue to build stuff and add stuff, but there's no additional cost. And then finally, what happens if this is the first major Nintendo title that goes down the road of microtransactions? Those are your three scenarios. So I will say that if they go down the Breath of the Wild um, track where, let's say... So in my opinion, the last couple Pokemon games, the the post-game content has been uninteresting to me. I get through, beat the Elite Four, and then I go, eh, all right, I don't need to poke around in these worlds anymore. If the DLC allows you to go to another island explore another uh, set of gyms, something like that, absolutely you'll get my money. If it comes similar to Zelda with with more trials or a hard mode, yeah, you'll probably get my money. The problem is the last couple Pokemon games have been too easy and uninteresting. So if you can get you know charge me a little bit more, but you actually give me something I want to continue to play, great. That's going to be fantastic. I don't see it going down the Splatoon method. I think the Splatoon method works really well for that because they do give you a ton of guns um, and you know new new cosmetic things that just keep you coming back in, give you something to grind for. That's not really what Pokemon's ever been about. Uh, and if it gets microtransactiony, then I'm gonna drop it faster than I drop Sun and Moon, which was. It took me an entire year just to finish the the main campaign because that game was a mess. So if they go that route, then I'm going to play other video games. That's just where we're at. There's old Pokemon games that I own that I would love to enjoy. I uh, So I agree with you. The Breath of the Wild, I think, is the smartest move for them because so you're someone that has play, that you play Pokemon games and you play them entire through the entirety of them you'll play the post game you'll you'll grind just for specific Pokemon you will put a lot of time into it I am not that type of Pokemon player I enjoy the primary story and then I pretty much stop because after that like you said there's nothing left for someone like me where I don't care about going and getting you know the the legendary or the shinies or the or grinding for the perfect uh, what are they what are the stats called uh, the per, 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 the uh, there's IVs and IVs. EVs yeah, yeah all that shit I don't care like I just play the game I enjoy collecting them I enjoy fighting them and I I don't you know and I don't do much PVP when it comes to battling with Pokemon that might all change with the Switch because more people own the Switch than ever uh, you know as far as multiplayer for me with a Nintendo system. But the idea that I could beat the story, enjoy it, and then a couple months later get an extension or get a different or, or be like, hey, you remember that island that you, you know, you went to in the middle of the game and some weird stuff happened? Turns out there's a whole other story arc over there that you're going to go explore. Like that idea of expanding out and keeping a game relevant to someone like me is huge in the sense of like, I play a Pokemon game. I burn. I, I put in whatever you know, forty hours to get through the story or whatever it is for that particular version, and then I basically throw it on my shelf because it's Pokemon. I don't want to get rid of it, and I move on. This would keep me coming back. This would keep me putting that game in, and and you know, and here's the cool thing with DLC is that 
you know, you can add, you know, like every time you, maybe it's a new whole new island that you're adding with this new side story and there's 30 new Pokemon. Yeah. That concept is something that I've always thought would be really cool for Pokemon. They've never done it. And I think one reason is that they it's never been on a platform where it was easy to do. You're going into the switch where it, you now have a you now have a platform that I believe flexibility wise, the sky's the limit with this system. So I mean the things that you will be able to do with this franchise is it's scary in the sense that you don't want to ruin your franchise, but it's also mind-boggling and exciting in the sense of like oh my god the, the all the cool stuff that we could that we could potentially do with Pokemon finally finally you know like just the ability to be like hey meet me in this city and wirelessly have the two Pokemon games connect and all of a sudden you're co-oping through the city grinding for po- you know grinding for Pokemon or trying to complete these co-op missions or things like that that would make Pokemon like Pokemon is one of my favorite things already but if you added th- that's one thing i've always wanted like the only thing you could ever do with Pokemon was battle together, right? You could battle against each other. You could be on a team and battle another team. There wasn't that, like, co- true co-op. And if and if you could do something like that, that would be really cool. So, yeah, DLC would be great. Um, Splatoon, like, so free stuff. I, I just look at it in the sense of, like, adding Pokemon to the, to the world, right? In that sense of like, instead of having like, what what generation are we on right now? This will be the eighth gen, uh, yeah, eighth generation. So we're not we're on the seventh with yeah. with uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah, we're on okay. the second round of the seventh yeah. with Ultra Sun. And so Ultra like Moon. like you have like that's the thing is that you have to wait a generation every time to get like a like I'm not saying there's not a Pokemon here or there that gets released through a special event or something like that, but. How cool would it be that between seven and eight, or between eight and nine, you had a steady stream of Pokemon being fed into the game? You know, that's something that you could do on a free side of DLC. And then if you, and, and then if Nintendo makes the mistake of going multi, my, you know, microtransactions, like, hey, you get this many Pokeballs a day, and you have to pay money for more Pokeballs, like you're like at that point. You're literally gonna kill Pokemon, and I don't think I can never picture Nintendo going down that road. But with since we just talked about Metal Gear, I just I had to bring it up as a scenario in the sense of like that would be the worst thing Nintendo could ever do to one of the biggest IPs they've ever had. Yeah. I don't think Nintendo will do the microtransaction thing. As far as everything else that you guys said, yes. Gimme, 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 gimme Pokemon RPG. And here's You'll the never one get to play thing. It. Yeah, yeah, I'll right. never get to play it. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Gr- Grim's the only exactly. one who'll get to play it. I get to play yeah, both versions. they got two Switches. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Lauren and Al will, will we'll just, take, over, yeah, take over and they'll have a this great time. True. And then I guess I'll have to start playing League with you. So it's probably the best case scenario for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I have wanted a Pokemon RPG for like the second that they came out with this, I was like, yes, do it. And my mind instantly, and I had this quick step back because I thought, oh, Destiny 2, here's everything I want out of it. They gave me Destiny 2 as a hot pile of garbage, and I got nothing I want out of it. Nintendo, does not they're not going to bungee this, okay? They're going to give us something that's going to be at least way better than Destiny 2 was, that Bungie gave us. And I just Hopefully. want them to be able to, to take everything that they've done in not just the Pokemon games themselves, but everything Pokemon. So, like... Pokemon Go right now, depending on the weather outside, certain type of Pokemon appear. 
Like, do that. Have it where it's rainy out, and then, oh, this, this Pokemon is going to be more, you know, available for you to be able to catch because it's a water-type Pokemon and it's raining out. Like, uh, yeah, there's I mean, so much you can do with the Pokemon universe in an RPG. I just want them to do it and do it well. Yeah. It's got, that'd be tougher for the Switch in the sense of, like, you can do it on Pokemon Go because you're, you're running a smart device that has GPS that can track, you know, track your location, that could then sit there and say, what's the weather, you know, in your location. It could pull all that data. So mm-hmm. what now? So how do you fix that? Not that Nintendo has a great track record with this, but you build an app, right? Or you build a Nintendo Online app and you say, okay, now if you sync these two together, you could have the chance of finding different Pokemon because your phone will actually run the GPS side of it and send the data to the Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, that that could be a way that you get around that. But Or it could just be random chance in the game. You could it do, doesn't yeah. have to be tied to, like, a location or something like that. Just have it to where, you know, your character's running around and then this area typically is... is rainier or windier or you know it's random chance that hey you want to know what uh we're gonna put a windy block of time into the game uh this day at this time they actually already had stuff like that in uh, in previous games in the 3ds right so they kind of had that what i think the evolution that you could 100 percent do with the switch is that you could have a real active environment mm-hmm. a true like like old old games would be like you'd run to this area it would always be raining mm-hmm. right like at more recent pokemon it's, it's evolved where like it's timing based right if so, you're there at eight o'clock at night yeah. it will be foggy and you can catch this pokemon right but if you if you wait two hours then all of a sudden it's windy you know like there yeah. there right. are a couple areas like that but not on the scale you're thinking and the scale you're thinking would be very cool yeah, and yeah. make it more like tr- organic. Make it more of this like happening based off of you know underlying um, mechanics that are that are just reading each other and dis- and making deciding factors. Versus eight p.m. At, at every every night, I can go to this particular spot and it's going to be foggy. No, I, I'd rather it be random. I would also like them to see some sort of way to where you're going to catch the Pokemon be different. Like, I want it to be more interactive to where it's like, I see that Pokemon, and then I can go catch it, and then he's gone, and then nobody else can catch well, it. Well, don't worry. What you don't know is that Nintendo Labo is going to make Pokeballs that you put your Joy-Con in, and you actually have to throw them at your own mm. pets <laughs> in your house. <laughs> Otherwise, you cannot catch yeah. Pokemon anymore. I just don't want to, like, have this RPG, and it's like, run through this grass. Yeah. Or fish. <laughs> and it's like, no, Here I want to be Peta. able to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, Child blinds a dog trying to catch Pokemon. <laughs> so before, before we move on and wrap up the news, I have a shot to call, and you, you can say you heard it on the GameZilla podcast first. There will be exclusive Pokemon for Nintendo Online subscribers. Okay. I'm just calling it now. There will be at least one Pokemon that you will get as a perk for being a Nintendo Online subscriber. Boom. Last thing before we move on. Will, I just want a yes or no from you guys. Are we going to get some sort of announcement on Pokemon Day tomorrow? Yes, I'm going to say it's not going to be an RPG announcement. But it'll be something to do with probably Pokemon Go or something like that. Okay. Did I? Absolutely not. <laughs> They're saving this for E3. They're not going to blow their load in late February. Um, they they did a lot for the 20th anniversary two years ago. Uh, you know, we could see something small come out, uh, something Pokken related or whatever. But we're not we're not going to see anything related to the main Switch release until E3. That's gonna that's gonna be their big thing. 
I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, a main release, I could see at E3 or right before E3, since they don't really have a presence at E3. Yeah. Um, But I also believe that tomorrow could bring a a teaser. I think we could get some sort of teaser about the Switch edition. Just just give us enough where we're about to roll into March and we only have a couple months before E3 to really start to create buzz. Right, you don't have to wait to drop the entire bomb. You can sprinkle a little bit and then just you know unload and and on top of it maybe at that point say coming out this year in October or something like that. Yeah, they've done November releases and a lot of their announcements have been made in the spring and summer leading up to the game's release. So uh, I'm st- I still think it's too early for them to put that out. All right, well that's all I got for the news. That's been our attack. Uh, you can check out all this and much more at gamesillamedia.com. And, of course, join the Discord if you want to keep the conversation going. Uh, right on the home uh, page of the website, you can click on the Discord button. It is free to join. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. And uh, we're going to move into some eSports. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. So this is a little bit risky. Oh, my God, Freiburg, are you kidding me? Steals the Elder Dragon! Oh, let's break it! Damn! As always, we are going to start off esports with scores around the league, and we will head on over to Overwatch, where week one of the second split or whatever, I'm going to call it splits because I'm stuck on league, but it's the second wave or something. Second quarter? Aren't they doing it in quarters? Hold on, let me find out what it's called here. We could call uh, it stage. 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 They're called stage. Challenge. Appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and and with that, obviously, it continues on um, for overall statistics. So you still see your New York Excelsior up at the top with the Houston Outlaws one win behind. However, both of those teams are technically tied with differential points. So that matters when it comes down to the placement and stuff at the end. So those teams will be tied going into that if the stage was to end today. But you have your Soul Dynasty in third, your London Spitfire shortly behind in fourth, tied with the Los Angeles Valiant and the Philadelphia Fusion now making their way into that three-way tie in fourth. Head on over to League of Legends, and you had your 1-2 going into the week of Echo Fox and Cloud9, both going 1-1 one and one and staying at the top, so they're still first and second. Echo Fox with a 10-2 record, Cloud9 with a 9-3 and three record. However, things get interesting in the fact that we now have a three-way tie for third, that being Clutch Gaming 100 Thieves oh. and Team Liquid all being 7-5. and five. And then TL win. TL win. Yep. And then TL win. <laughs> <laughs> they got beat yesterday. Um, <laughs> by Echo Fox. Doesn't uh, matter. Lauren would want me to tell you. Doesn't that. matter till the play <laughs> when the playoffs get here and Echo Fox gets knocked out. Won't matter. <laughs> and uh, TSM finally woke up. Took a two zero week and they are sitting in sixth at six and six. They made it to five hundred. Way to go, TSM. <laughs> Man. I used to love hating on you for uh, T- with TSM, but I almost just feel bad now. You, yeah. You're still st- they're they're looking rough. I think I think they've looked better the past two weeks with a three-one record in the past two weeks, but they're still not the same TSM. 
They're well, I mean, and they're not the same TSM. But right. I think the big thing is that they just seem so inconsistent. Yeah. So yeah. Man, Jazzy, how are the Golden Guardians doing? Golden Guardians are, and I'm gonna just you know give a little shout out to them. No longer the worst team in the league. They're no longer the worst team in the league. They're climbing out of that hole. They're coming for the playoffs. Yeah, because they are now tied for worst team in the league. Ooh, someone is really with Counter Logic Gaming. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh, God! Yeah, Counter Logic's having a really rough split. They can't seem to ha- make anything go right. Man, that's Grimm's number two right there. <laughs> they are my number two. And, 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 uh, and they've taken a big number two on their season. The last five games, they are 0-5. 0-5, oh yeah. <laughs> they are, they're looking, they're yeah, looking rough. They have no answers. Um, their team's not that much different besides losing their support. Is that it? No, I think their jungler. Their jungler, different. I think, is different. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Still, though, man. That, that's rough. But you're adding in Biofrost, who was who was a really good support for TSM, True. and I'm um, Smithy is there. Um, but you know what? I general? don't think Biofrost is the same. He's not a leader like Aframu was. He's oh, a good absolutely. support, but he's not. He's not. Yeah. The, you know, Aframu was the shot caller. He's the. Leader I honestly that think team. that's the problem with CLG is they don't have shot calling. Yep. Because if you watch their games, it's kind of like, what were you guys thinking? And mm-hmm. if I say that more than once in a game, like clearly nobody's calling the shot. That's bad. So, going into that, I'm going to hit you guys with a couple articles, and uh, there's some interesting things going on in esports, and I want to get your opinions on some stuff. Um, First article here is that the Shanghai Dragons in Overwatch basically uh, bring three new people onto the squad, one of them being Kim Jiguri Sayoung, the first woman to play on a professional Overwatch League team. That's awesome. I like that. That's super cool to hear. So, um, looking into last week's games, she actually didn't get a starting spot in the roster because these teams have, you know, basically mm-hmm. like eight to ten players each. Um, but she has been um, invited to the the team house and is practicing with the team and getting to play scrims and stuff like that. So, super cool to see the uh, first woman pro league uh, Overwatch player. That's very cool. That's pretty awesome. Girl power. Go yep. get it, girl. She uh, formerly is from the ROX Orcas and uh, is an off-tank who is known for her Zyra and Diva play and is known mm. especially for achieving an 80% win rate with Zyra on the Korean servers, wow. which Korean servers are the best servers in the world for Overwatch right now. For currently. all video games. For all video games. Um, but if aside, she plays Diva, she's trash. She, yeah. Aside from that, Giguri is considered one of the best players on the Korean solo score, uh, basically solo queue servers in Korea. Nice. So not only is she the best with her off-tank picks of Zyra and Diva, but she's considered one of the top players on the servers. So I just thought that was super cool, and uh, we can see um, we've seen it in league in the past with a couple of teams like the Renegades having like a female support and stuff like that. Um, they seem to find their way back uh, down to the like uh, kind of challenger series and stuff like that. We do have a lot of women in the challenger series, but um, to see them on the pro stage is super cool because it's primarily been men. So yeah, no, more power, to, more power to our I girl we'll, gamers, yeah, and we'll keep seeing more and more. Of oh it. yeah, absolutely. All right, other net here is the 
interesting topic that I wanted to talk to you guys. Optic Gaming's manager, and you might remember this guy's name, Roman Brigard. Yeah, from uh, Unicorns from of Love. From the Unicorns of Love, um, has revealed that the average salary in the NALCS this year is over $320,000. So... A year ago, that placed uh, the average for an NALCS salary was around one hundred and five thousand um, dollars. He mentions that a real average um, trended up over that last year to about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Either way, that means the salaries for these players have doubled over the past twelve months. Reason for the bump: unquestionably, franchising. That's cool. That's huge. I mean, that's when you think about uh, young sports, like when I think about the MLS when it started, uh, a lot of your MLS players, and league was the same way when it started, but MLS was you you had a job and then you went and played in the MLS. Like it didn't pay, you weren't full-time soccer player. Like people worked at Home Depot and then went and played in the MLS. Now, obviously that's gotten better and now it's not the case anymore, There, you know, but... That's this is that same path that we're starting to see. It's an, an average of three hundred plus, you know, three hundred thousand plus is. I mean, you're talking NFL as far as the the entry level. You know, like you're you're just a just a guy on the squad that never that's never going to get a start. You're kicking. You're bringing. You're still bringing like four something, four hundred some thousand dollars. East League of Legends esports is not that far off as far as an average. Now it's not counting. You're not talking about what is faker making. What is you know your elite players? Right. Your, you know your all stars per se. What what are, what contracts have they signed? And yeah, that's uh, that sounds healthy to me. That sounds really good in the sense of like your players are going to want to stick around. They're going to want to try to to have a full career. They're going to try to be the best that they can be because they want to keep. They want to make sure their contract stays intact. Like. That's good. That creates a healthy cycle of like you're pulling in good players. They're making good money. Oh, you know the the hopefully the product stays healthy because of all of that. And you're not the NHL at that point, right? <laughs> Sorry, NHL, this, yeah. but you suck. I think we this is you. super healthy for the industry and the players themselves. Obviously, obviously, franchising helping a lot. So you're getting those people that are you know making sure that you're getting sponsorships and. You know, you're getting the big the big dogs, not just video game related stuff. So yeah, you have Twitch that's putting in a couple year deals with Overwatch and stuff like that in their franchise season. But you're getting these companies actually pushing their sponsorships into these teams. They're getting team houses. They're being taken care of health wise with personal chefs, and they're getting paid for basically what they should be, which is a job. Three, four years ago, you want to know how an LCS player made money? He streamed on Twitch. Yep. Hopefully got enough money through subscriptions and donations and then put together every possible win they could at these tournaments that they would scrape up here and there to try to make money so that your team could basically survive to play in the LCS. Yeah. I mean, how you'd have... Multiple teams bunking up in hotel rooms that were playing against each other just so that they could get to events. So yeah, it's come a long ways. It's that's uh, I, that's great news to hear. I, I, you know, we we were wondering coming out of this first split and going into the first year of franchise, what uh, 
you know, how it was going to look. And so far, if these reports are accurate from, you know, from uh, this individual, then I could sit there and say it's shaping up to be a successful year for league, for the players, for the organizations, for the fans. Right. And obviously this isn't like a spot on. This is more of a, you know, behind the scenes kind of, here's a little bit of information you might not know from an owner of an esports club. Yeah. But, um... Obviously, he's only one club too. This is Optic Gaming. You know, other clubs could be different in the in the fact that you know they might be making more or less individual as players. But I think Riot is doing a really good job with this franchising of making sure that their league is going to survive the long haul and making sure that their players are taken care of during it. Yeah. <sighs> and if esports is not your thing. And you like old school video games, then listen to the Legend of Retro podcast every Thursday where Craig WK and Shops take you on a journey in history. If you hate video games, I have no idea why you're watching us. But we also have Noobs and Dragons every Wednesday you can join the adventures of Jandar, Tilly, and Alistair as we travel through the twisted demented, fucked up mind of Craig WK, our master DM. But join the adventure. Uh, it is, It has been an amazing trip for three of us that have never played Dungeons & Dragons. You'll, you'll laugh. You'll yell at us. You'll wonder what's going to happen next. It's a great time every Wednesday. <sighs> I have so much fun with that. Do you like this podcast, but you think that I'm a jerk-off and I ruin it, and you'd rather listen to Grim and Jazzy get in-depth on uh, one subject and maybe uh, conduct some interviews, do some good stuff for an hour? Well, you need to listen to GameZilla Alpha. It's available on Sunday everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, everywhere you listen, GameZillaMedia.com. But if you're a patron and you uh, back us with that sweet cash every month, you have access to GameZilla alpha on thursday night so you gotta listen to gamezilla alpha it is the companion podcast to gamezilla and uh you know it's all the good stuff you get here without me ruining it it's gamezilla alpha and also a special shout out and thanks to our patrons that are supporting us now Without you, this show wouldn't be where it's at today. So visit patreon.com slash GameZilla Media today and see everything that GameZilla Media has to offer. And then once again, as a reminder, March 1st, new stuff's coming out on Patreon. Grim, tell me tell me about some comedy. Yeah, lastly, I want to remind everybody that this episode was brought to you by Non-Player Characters, a one-act comedy that's going on right now at Go Comedy in Ferndale, Michigan. If you're looking and if you're wondering what NPCs do when the hero's not around, this is the show to go see. It looks amazing. Uh, I can't wait to go see uh, the this as well. It's going on through the whole month of March. And we're going to be um, working with Go Comedy on making sure people know about what's, uh, when they can go see the show. So Facebook.com, GameZilla Media, you can find all the details right there. And we've also shared it in our Discord. So if you join the Discord, you will also find information there. 
Other than that, I just want to remind everybody about the GameZilla Media stream team. We are a group of streamers all on Twitch that work together to help each other grow. And if you like watching the podcast but you want more, we're on all week from people like Testonomics, who is the the switch the face of, of switch the face of switch <laughs> on Twitch. Anything Nintendo See, Switch related, you go talk to him. Uh, myself. The glitch doing retro speed runs. We have um, metrics on stage now doing all sorts of cool stuff from retro RPGs into some very cool looking RPG card game based Steam games. Uh, and Sheriff of Patties, all Jazzy Fiddles on there now for God's yeah. sakes. Help him get affiliate. He's still growing. He's just getting started. Doing a great job with League of Legends, Fortnite, all sorts of different stuff. But yeah, we're all on there. So if you if you search Gamezilla Media under the communities and you hit that follow button, you will then be able to see when any of us go online because we auto host each other and we share uh, everybody's everybody's streams. So we uh, are trying to support each other and grow together as a group. That's all I got, guys. I think. Uh, yeah, I just want the producer to produce this really well. When he does his next bit, I want the last two, you know, our catchphrase kind of like exit words to be in the echo. Make it happen. <clears throat> oh, oh, I gotcha. <clears throat> well, uh, before we do that, let me I'm just. I am prepared. Yeah. To produce, because I'm the people's producer. That's right. Before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that we are the Elite Free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, Game, game on! on!